Welcome back to So Organised Style Podcast. I'm Maria Thea Harris, also known as Fellow Sews. This is the Sewing Series Part 2 with Des. So Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors, the Australian Sewing Guild who has been our Monday Daily Series regular is now a sponsor of So Organised Style Podcast. Go to ozso.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. It sounds like that there must be some other repurposing that you've done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that dress that I've just turned into culottes is exactly the same style and make as another one, which was cotton sateen thing. Yes. That I turned into a skirt. Now that I had to piece together and that make that fabric match so that I could get the pieces out of it to turn it into a skirt. But it's a tiny, tiny little pattern and Mm. swirls and everything else. So if you look really closely, you can see where I had to piece the pattern Mm -hmm. together to make the pattern match on it. And that was great satisfaction too, because again, it was something wearable from the same tent dress, if you like, Mm. that I really didn't like. So that was one thing, that's on the grid. I've done things like for other people, a, a lady up, asked me if I could do something with her wedding dress train. So we chopped off the train, the lining, the lace on it to turn it into a christening gown Mm. for her new baby. So what we ended up with was a floor-length wedding dress that she can keep, stroke pass on, stroke daughter's wear, whatever. But we also then had that little heirloom for the christening gown where the babies of the future, if you like, would know that they were christened in their mother's wedding dress. It was a beautiful little thing, you know, to use all the satin and the linings and the lace because it was a massive train. I think it was, I don't know what the technical word is, it was longer than a chapel, but it was certainly really rather long Hmm. and plenty of fabric to work with to make that christening gown. And it was a gorgeous little christening gown. So when you were asked to do that change to the wedding dress, how did you feel when you were asked to do that piece of work? Oh, I was really, really chuffed because I could see the the future then, not the hand-me-downs, it's the ongoing Mm. history behind, you know, you don't know how long some of these christening gowns are going to last for or be used, how many generations. And that was really something because I knew that my work had gone into that. Mm. But equally, there wasn't any let's buy some new fabric and uh, make a new christening gown it was something that was really but it also Hmm. the original wedding dress was still going to be wearable it didn't have a train on it anymore Hmm. but it was still floor length and somebody you know future generations and that's something I like I think maybe it's just me but it's the you know passing things down for other people that really gives me a sense of achievement and haven't we just seen an example of that with Princess Beatrice, who just got married. 
Yes. Yes. Absolutely. She wore a gown that Queen Elizabeth wore, didn't she? But they chopped and changed it about. It was gorgeous. Yes. Uh, and again, that was passing down that heirloom piece yeah. to her granddaughter. Yeah, passed on to her granddaughter. Yeah, absolutely. I know that they've made some changes to it, but look, everything needs modernising to a degree, but you can still mm. see that it's the same dress. And I thought that was a gorgeous, gorgeous A, idea, and B, dress, the wedding itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it showed how much she treasures her grandmother. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. Whereas when you look at what Princess Anne does, she does wear things that she wore 30 40 50 years ago and she updates it yeah I've seen her wear garments that she's had yeah for 30 40 years and she still looks great absolutely you know you don't reinvent the wheel sometimes when you're sewing a lot of the fashions that we wear today are still pretty dated or up to date because yes you know we've brought them up to date but there are no major innovations if you like in what we do today we've all got sleeves we've all got a skirt whether it's long short wide thin they're all the same that's right maybe we need to grow six arms and then we'll have a whole new imagine (laughs) trying to fit six sleeves six on one garment no thank you two is enough (laughs) but you know if that's the challenge let's do it yeah i'm up for it i will if you will (laughs) and when it comes to changing things repurposing things I also, uh, I don't know whether to admit this, but yes, uh, well, our furniture was falling to bits. You know, the leather wears on it and the cats have got their claws in it in some places. Yeah. We did buy new furniture and before we got rid of the actual innards, mm. you know, the spring and, the, and everything else, I stripped all the leather off the furniture. We had three two-seaters yeah. and two armchairs and a puffy. Puff. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. So I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it puffy or, or a, a footstool or a foot foot cushion? I stripped all the leather off it and kept all the leather. Don't ask what I'm going to do with the bulk of it. I haven't decided on that yet, but I can see bags. I've made already a tiny little pouch with a, a popper yeah. on it just to put a few lipsticks in in my handbag and just to see how my leather needle would work because I don't work with leather as a general rule. And I do have a leather needle, so I thought, let's try it out. So I did that and absolutely love it. So I know that there's going to be a lot more coming from our sofa. And every time I, I don't know, if I make a bag or a whatever, I'll be thinking... This used to be my sofa. Fancy that. That's right. Can I ask a question? When you stripped the leather off your furniture, how long did that take and were your arms sore? I think it probably took a couple of days because I had to get my husband involved because some of it was screwed in. There were a lot of nails, yes. that, the decorative yeah. nails around the edges into the, to the wood. And I'm a bit of a wuss, so I won't handle things, crowbars and, yeah. and everything else. So he got involved. I think it took a couple of days just to get the leather off. And parts of it were glued to the phone. Parts mm-hmm. of it were glued to horse hair all around the arms, those sorts of things. So, yeah, it took a bit of work. But I'm thinking, I wasn't particularly thinking about the animals mm-hmm. involved. What I was thinking about was the workmanship to make the thing in yeah. the first place. And the value, if I then decide I want to make a bag in mm-hmm. three years, how much is it going to cost me? to go and buy a piece of leather to make a bag or or whatever. And I also had this silly idea in the back of my head about, you know, the elbow patches that you can put on jackets and things or 
maybe I can make leather trousers. Well, I've never wear them, but <laughs> can you imagine it? Trousers made out of your sofa. Um, but what about a jacket, a leather jacket for you? Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely something that's on the cards. Having used the leather needle to make that mm. little tiny pouch, mm. you, know, you learn that you can't afford to make mistakes because once that needle's gone through, you've got a hole there that isn't going to close up again. Exactly. So it is something that's there. I've been watching Sandy Bach yeah. make her denim jacket out of bits of denim that she had floating around. And I'm thinking... Yeah, that is such a great way to reuse things. And maybe I could make a leather jacket. I think you could. Maybe. But it's about, I have to plan things and I have to think about things. Mm. Even to the point of researching if the leather that you're using is, I suppose, clean enough to wear? Yeah, absolutely. And flexible enough mm. in, in the right places as well. Mm. Yeah, mind you, it's been sat on for 20 years. So, yeah. Big bumps on sofas have softened it over the years. Yeah, so you'll be piecing the leather yeah, so that it's appropriate yeah. for what you want yeah, to wear. Or I'll end up with just a, a new, innovative, unique jacket where it's not been pieced. So watch this space, I guess, because, yeah, I will. Uh, eventually, I'll use the leather from the, from the sofa. So now that you've talked about all of these projects, well, especially this leather project, what's your Instagram handle so listeners can follow you? at so.professional s-e-w s-e-w for so yeah thanks des you're welcome des thank you so much for coming on to the sewing save series it's really great that you're part of the sewing community and you're sharing how you've been saving what's already available to you yeah no i am really really chuffed to be on here it was a, an eye-opener in terms of process, but actually, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you got in contact with me. Thank you, Maria. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being brave enough to come on the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. And have a great day, listeners. So Organised Style Podcast is produced by me, Maria P. Harris, with permission of Des Whitehorn, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, spelt with an S, not a Z, on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox and Libsyn, our podcast distributor. Post any questions or podcast suggestions on our podcast Instagram account or our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe everyone. <laughs>